from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Along the way, even failed startups are an asset for St. Louis. People learn lessons, they become more entrepreneurial, they come back with another idea. That's a great thing for a city to have. You never know which of the companies are going to make it that far, right? So we need to take a lot of shots on goal. I'm Danny Wisentowski. For over two decades, the industry group BioSTL and its investment arm, BioGenerator, have supported and fostered high-tech startups, putting St. Louis on the map as a center of both medical and agricultural technology. But the years and the millions of inve- invested, they're paying off. Companies like crop improvement startup Benson Hill grew with the support of $775,000 from BioGenerator, and after it went public on the New York Stock Exchange in 2021, the company was valued at $2 billion. And yeah, BioSTL is betting big on St. Louis, and it's trying to get the rest of the world to come to the table as well. And to talk about that effort, we have in studio with us BioSTL CEO and founder Don Rubin. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Don, tell us a bit about the origin of BioSTL, founded in in 2001. How did this idea come about, and how does it identify the companies that it wants to support? Well, indeed, this goes back uh, 21 years. um, And uh, our founder, uh, Bill Danforth, who had uh, retired as the chancellor of Washington University, had recognized that St. Louis had been a big Fortune 500 headquarters city during the last uh, century. And that was changing. Uh, St. Louis was stagnating. And there were innovative people with great ideas trying to start companies here in St. Louis, having great difficulty. There was no infrastructure to support that. People with great ideas would take their ideas to California or to Boston, oftentimes having great success, creating jobs, creating wealth somewhere else. And we were like a farm system for other parts of the country. Great ideas that were being cultivated here, but then leaving right when it was when they were ready to explode and blossom and uh, create opportunity. So the idea was to create that infrastructure here in St. Louis, that ecosystem for innovation, for entrepreneurship, so those ideas could indeed blossom here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there are a couple companies uh, that, that we're going to talk about as well, but I'm, I'm curious, because was there a first company? Was there a notion where BioSTL was actually doing something where you thought this incredible vision, you know, this perspective to actually grow St. Louis, could this actually work? Is this bigger than just, just an idea that we're, you know, perhaps throwing money or ideas at, but building something new for St. Louis? There was no particular one company. There were lots of ideas percolating around. And certainly, if you think about the number of companies that were percolating um, 20 years ago compared to today, there's no comparison. Uh, The ecosystem and the the theory has been borne out. Uh, We're like a startup ourselves, right? Mm. There was a concept. uh, We believe that concept is proven now. Uh, there now is a beehive of activity, of creativity, of innovation, ideation, as people call it, people with ideas, turning them into companies. Uh, investors are coming to St. Louis, um, and, and the, the ecosystem is now blossoming. Uh, we've come a long way 
but I would say we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Benson Hill. This was the company that initially got investment uh, from BioSDL of you know, about 700000 It's valued at $2 billion. That's a pretty good uh, you know, growth. Um, but this was a company, my understanding, that, that was lured to St. Louis, was from uh, North Carolina, I believe. Um, that, that's right. Yeah. Um, they, they were in North Carolina. Um, it happens that um, one of the scientists at our local institution, the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center, was involved in the scientific um, basis for the company. So there was a St. Louis connection. Uh, and uh, BioSTL and our investment arm, the Biogenerator, was the very first institutional dollars into that company. And we, with our second uh, investment, required that they change their headquarters to St. Louis mm. uh, to, to receive our second investment. And uh, we were um, leading the early rounds. Um, there were a couple of times when that company nearly turned off the lights and went out of business, uh, and we kept them alive, allowed them, helped them to make payroll, actually pay the electric bill. Um, and fast forward to today, and indeed, a year ago, I had the privilege of traveling with the company to the New York Stock Exchange as they rang the bell uh, for their initial public offering, which was the first time I'd ever had that uh, experience. It was very uh, exciting. When you were paying for their lights to stay on, could, did you yeah. imagine that you might one day be standing at the New York Stock Exchange and having a billion uh, after <laughs> the valuation uh, that well, the company was? You never know which of the companies are going to make it that far, right? So we need to take a lot of shots on goal in St. Louis. Uh, 20 years ago, we did not have the entrepreneur risk-taking culture that we're beginning to develop now today. So it takes a lot of, as I say, shots on goal. A lot of startups do not make it. uh, But along the way, even failed startups are an asset for St. Louis. People learn lessons. uh, they, They become more entrepreneurial. They come back with another idea. That's a great thing for a city to have. Uh, But it's hard to know from the very beginning which one is going to make it all the way uh, to success. Mm -hmm. Now, one of BioSTL's big successes is this company called Covercress, which uh, developed a crop of pennycress, both as a cover crop for farmers to to plant in their off-seasons, but also when it's harvested, it can be used as biofuels. And so it's had this great interest as an agriculture uh, crop, but also one that could be turned into fuel. And um, earlier this week, um, I spoke to Covercress CEO Mike DeCamp, and he told me that the combination of this cover crop and fuel actually works to lower a farmer's carbon footprint. Part of that focus, part of that reason we lower that carbon footprint is where uh, our crop is an oil seed that grows over the winter. So we're doing really two important things. One, we're not competing for land that's used for food and feed purposes. So we're a non-food, non-feed crop. Um, we provide environmental benefits as a cover crop. So we're improving soil health, we're um, increasing microbial activity in the soil during the winter, we're helping to mitigate nitrate runoffs, we're maintaining soil moisture through that, what would typically be a fallow period right between a corn and a soybean crop in the United States. And then, you know, lastly, what we're doing is with our, when, when our grain is crushed and that oil is extracted because we grow in the winter, we have this very low carbon intensity score, which makes us just an ideal feedstock for the production of renewable fuels. That was Mike DeCamp, CEO of Covercress. And this summer, agribusiness giant Bayer 
bought the majority ownership of Covercrest, and that company now employs 25 people in Creefcore. And this fall, it's really starting um, to plant these test crops in about 10,000 acres in Illinois, Missouri, and Indiana. That is just a, a demonstration initially, but they're really looking um, to growing a, a lot more. And as DeCamp told me, these test crops are really just the beginning. So as we look out into the future, you know, we'll continue to move forward. We're hoping to have a commercial launch where we'll actually be working with growers next season when we plant in the fall of 2023 to produce a grain crop. And um, as we look out at our marketplace and, the, you know, that, that swath of the I-states, uh, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, um, you know, there's about 60 million acres of road of, of ground in that in that area. So if you think about a rotation of corn and soybeans, that means there's about 30 million acres that are rotated. That's really kind of our space. And we believe that, you know, over the next 10 years that we can be on about 3 million acres. Three million acres of Pennycrest. That is that is a huge uh, ambition, and and Covercrest I think is really a, a great example of what BioSTL and BioGenerator have done. Uh, this was also a company that your group was was very um, directly involved in supporting, and, and I believe even leading, having the executives uh, as part of that. that. That's right. My colleague uh, was the uh, Vijay Chauhan was a the founding CEO. Another of my colleagues, Charlie Bolton. Uh, was the chairman of the board for seven years of that company as it went through its very early stage startup struggles. So, and we were we led the early round investments. So, f- I think it's very. This is an easy one to say that without BioSTL, there would be no Covercrest. Uh, and this is an example of how how our organization is about St. Louis. Uh, we're looking to build St. Louis-based companies. We're the only investor in St. Louis that invests only in St. Louis. We think about what kind of companies can make St. Louis better, be successful in St. Louis, create jobs in St. Louis. Uh, our goal is for St. Louis to be known around the world as a place where great things happen and that we're contributing to great things in the world, solving global challenges, whether it's in plant science, like we're describing, or whether it's in medicine and healthcare as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that point, you know, you're trying to get this, our status around the world uh, to rise. This is a, a great segue to this event that's happening tomorrow, uh, the Trilateral Agri-Food Symposium. Uh, BioSTL is co-hosting this along with the governments of Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Um, what tie these regions together, St. Louis and, and these two Mideast uh, countries, and, and what brought them to this meeting? like this uh, in St. Louis? Well, we have been working, in in addition to the startups that we create locally, uh, we have been working now for almost a decade in a program that we call Global STL to reach out around the world to bring cutting-edge innovation to St. Louis. We find that great innovation around the world gravitates to the East Coast and the West Coast. And in middle America, we have to be more proactive, more deliberate in going out and connecting our community to the best innovation that there is. And we found that we're able to leverage really amazing assets that we have in St. Louis. Uh, Our corporations, our institutions, the intellectual capital that we have here, the people that we have here, to tell a great story. And when you bring it together in a story, these innovators will come to St. Louis to benefit themselves. Now, we've been working in Israel uh, for uh, eight years now, 
Uh, Israel is known as the startup nation. There's more innovation happening there than anywhere in the world outside of Silicon Valley. And their strengths are a very close match to St. Louis. We're both leaders in plant science and agriculture technology. We're both leaders in healthcare. And uh, so we've been working to bring those startups to St. Louis now for, for several years. With the signing of the groundbreaking peace agreement, the Abraham Accords, about two years ago, uh, the, the, the countries Israel and the United Arab Emirates have been engaging in robust bilateral activity. Billions of dollars in innovation and investment are going back and forth. Uh, and we want to have St. Louis enter that dialogue. We want St. Louis to be an indispensable partner in solving these world challenges. We have scientists and innovators in St. Louis that can contribute to, challenge, to solving challenges in the desert thousands of miles away. Uh, we want our institutions our, uh, and our, our, our businesses and our startups to be on that international stage. Without this effort, the Emiratis uh, and the Israelis, when they think about these issues, they might know about California or New York or Boston, but they would not think about those of us in middle America. So this is, an, this is a symposium that is going to shine a light on St. Louis, an international spotlight on the powerful agriculture innovation assets that we have in St. Louis, in innovation, in business, in, in farming organizations, uh, across the board. Yeah. We're talking with Don Rubin. He's the CEO and founder of BioSTL and talking about the Trilateral Agri-Food Symposium on October 26, which brings together St. Louis biotech firms from Israel, from United, from the United Arab Emirates, and of course, from St. Louis. You, now, you just mentioned, you know, trying to um, change St. Louis's perhaps perception as a flyover country. And this is a challenge when talking to people from the United States. They're talking from someone from the coasts, but talking with someone from Israel or the United Arab Emirates to convince two countries that, um, as you mentioned, have not had great diplomatic relations for quite some time until recently. What What's the pitch for both this significant you know, diplomatic moment for these two countries, but also for sharing this technology. You know, how do you convey that St. Louis is perhaps studying and under similar conditions as Israel and the United Arab Emirates? What we have found through our global STL work is that St. Louis is under-recognized and underappreciated. Uh, when we talk about the assets that are in St. Louis. For example, the brand names that are in St. Louis of Bayer, formerly Monsanto, or, or Nestle Purina, uh, or Boeing, or so many other names that people know, but they don't know they're in St. Louis. And when you tie together the major healthcare systems or the major, major agriculture organizations, uh, these innovators want to be part of that. It can help drive their revenue. They can get their first major customer of North America here in St. Louis. We're able to make those marriages. And when St. Louis truly has wonderful strengths that even we in St. Louis don't always recognize, and when we can put them together into the story that, that, that St. Louis deserves, uh, it really gets the attention of folks around the world, and they want to partner with us here in St. Louis. It's something we, we should be perhaps more um, uh, aggressive about. Sometimes those of us in the Midwest, they say we hide our light under a bushel. We don't brag the way folks on the East Coast and the West Coast brag. We have a lot to brag about, and we need to do perhaps a better job of telling those stories. Right. And so 
If, if I could ask you to brag a bit, uh, what are you know the trilateral conference coming up tomorrow? There's a number of of St. Louis firms, including Covercrest, as we mentioned, and Benson Hill uh, that we also mentioned. Um, but there are also a number of startups that are happening. What are you hoping? What what companies do you feel like will make St. Louis proud in this moment? And and what presentations are you perhaps looking forward to uh, from these other countries? Well, we, we will indeed be showing off some of the success stories that you've already mentioned. Benson Hill and Covercrest will be featured. Uh, but we'll be seeing a, a, a company from Israel called WaterGen that actually makes water out of the air. Oh. So they, they purify water. They they put their devices uh, in the desert, on the beaches, in other places. Um, e- even in Missouri, there could be uses for this technology where there's not water readily available. And this is drinking drinkable water just pulled out of the air. So I'm looking forward to seeing that presentation as an example. Now, I, I was looking back at some of the uh, the coverage of, of the various companies, and I, I want to keep coming back to Covercrest because I was so interested in, in this the dual aspect of, of creating a cover crop but also fuel. And um, Jerry Schneider, uh, its former chief executive, told the Post-Dispatch, and he described it as a heck of a St. Louis story. And it sounds like that's what you're really trying to, to get here, that these companies should come away saying, you know, not only have we produced this great technology, but this is a St. Louis story of, 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 and of industry. What what to you is a St. Louis story uh, 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 in this context of a great startup or a great business? That is an example. When we say that's a St. Louis story, it's a, it's a success story for an entire ecosystem, not just our organization, BioSTL, but so much has been catalyzed over the last 20 years since we started this work. There now are investors, early stage investors and later stage investors. There are There's industry talent. Uh, there are connections to the farmer, the buyers, who have to validate the product. Uh, we talk about how BioSDL is about startups, capital, people, places, policy, and global connectedness. Mm-hmm. It takes all of those coming together in a mosaic to create a successful ecosystem that can support an idea and turn it into a successful company. And we believe that we have just about as collaborative and effective of an ecosystem that you'll now find anywhere in the United States. And we think it's a magnet for innovators from around the world to bring their ideas, to have them blossom. Mm-hmm. You- when I think folks think about this St. Louis story, this the story of St. Louis's industry and some of the large employers that are, are no longer here, or you know, looking downtown at the AT and T building, it's it's hard to not be reminded of things that have lost, you know, business adjustments that were made that didn't wound, turn out in this region's favor. Um, what would you hope that people, perhaps ten years from now, looking at what the city looks like or the the signs of its largest industries or employers, do you see things uh, still changing or will we still be looking back perhaps at what we can't get back or what is lost? Well, sometimes change doesn't come fast to a community like St. Louis. Uh, But we have seen, I've been at this now from the beginning for 21 years, and I have definitely seen a cultural change in terms of people willing to take risks uh, and taking risk and accepting failure and trying and trying again is part of what drove Silicon Valley. It's part of what drove this, the startup nation in Israel. And I think it's something that St. Louis, when we look back 10 or 20 years from now, we'll see that that we had an inflection point and that people were willing to cap, to invest in our own and our own talent, um, attract others from outside, and and to take risks. Mm-hmm. Now, just finally, in our, our last few few moments here, 
you're trying to really turn St. Louis uh, from from not being a flyover country, but to being you know a, another Silicon Valley, another hub. What do you hope St. Louis is known for if this the work of BioSTL really uh, can develop and gets pulled off uh, as you hope? Well, indeed, we talk about changing St. Louis from flyover territory to fly to territory, oh, okay. and we have now we've seen that happening. So in the in the in the domains where we work, we have seen the Saint, the reputation of St. Louis change and evolve. And when we talk about our St. Louis startups, we have seen investors, venture capital funds from the East Coast, the West Coast, from Europe, from Asia, investing in St. Louis companies. These are companies that ten years ago would maybe not have ever heard of St. Louis, certainly would never have imagined investing in St. Louis. And now they're flying to St. Louis and making investments in our people, in our ideas. And uh, that's what we want St. Louis to be known as, a place that is solving world challenges, global challenges, that we are um, doing well for St. Louis economically, creating jobs, inclusive, equitable jobs involving everybody in the community, and we're doing great for the world. Don Rubin is the CEO and founder of BioSTL. Tomorrow uh, is the Trilateral Agri-Food Symposium. Uh, Don, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. And folks can go to biostl.org slash trilateral and watch it live stream. episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorn. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.